0: Had a wonderful time this morning. Can you say amen? I believe God really helped us. Amen. I believe, amen. I know every time we hear a sermon, God is speaking to us, but I believe God, over, over the past about maybe a month or so, has really been specific um, just based upon the sermons preached, what's been said. Uh, and so when that happens, church, how I many know oh, God is really trying to hone in on something? Can you say amen? So I encourage you. All these sermons you have heard, uh, remember we have that anchor app. If you don't know about it, if you download that Anchor app, amen, you can, uh, down, uh, you can listen to the sermons uh, as they are uploaded, amen, you can listen to those sermons if you missed anything or you want to retake notes, encourage you, download that onto your phones and whatnot so you can have that, amen, praise God. If you have your Bibles, Luke chapter 5, Luke chapter 5, we're going to read verses 15 through 16, there was a prominent American who was visiting Argentina and was asked by the President of the Republic, why has South America gotten so uh, poorly, has gone on so poorly, and North America so well? What do you think the reason is? The visitor replied, I think the reason is the fact that the Spaniards came to South America seeking gold, while the Pilgrim Fathers came to North America seeking God. And I want to use that tonight as my premise because I believe that the Bible shows us that in right seeking, there's fruitfulness. That if you seek the right thing, amen, that out of that becomes, comes a fruitfulness from our lives. And how many know that God has created us to be fruitful? Can you say Amen. And we are called to be fruitful, not just in money or in finances. Listen to me. We are called, amen, to be fruitful in the sense of disciples. In other words, going after people who do not know the gospel, going after people who do not know Jesus Christ, witnessing to them, working with them, loving them, with the hopes, amen, that God, in our our efforts, will bless it, and they will become Christians, and then they go do a repeat the same thing. And tonight, I want to look at that for a moment. But if you're going to do that... You first have to seek the right thing if you're going to be able to be fruitful. Amen. And so let's read our text. In Luke chapter 15, oh, excuse me, Luke chapter 5, verse 15 and 16, the Bible tells us this. Amen. However, the report went around concerning him, talking of Jesus. And all the more, and a great multitude came together to hear, and to be healed by him, of their affirmities. Verse 16, So he himself often withdrew into the wilderness and prayed. Amen. Let's pray. God, we thank you for this time. God, we give you all the praise and glory. You are awesome and wonderful in this place. God, we thank you for what you're doing. And I pray, God, breathe upon us. Some, and I pray, help us here tonight, God. I veil myself behind you, God. Let your word, God, see be sealed into the hearts of men and women. And we give you all the glory and praise. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ, we pray. And all God's people said, amen. Tonight, amen, you must draw in order to pour. You must draw in order to pour tonight. Let's talk about pouring out for a moment. Leading to this text, we read a lot of things, but multitudes are being healed, coming to our main text. Lepers are becoming whole again. And not only that, but men are being called, or men were called to the ministry. And as all this is happening, amen, more are drawn to Jesus because of his outside ministry. This should not only teach us a lesson, but also convict us. Ministry is not only singing on stage, nor is it just a Bible study, or being a Bible study leader, but it is going out and reaching. Can you say amen? True. can you say amen? Already, huh? I ain't got three minutes good, y'all. Yeah. I'm loosen the tire. Here we go. This is what true serving is. Listen to me, some of you here, thank God that you're in ministry, thank God for that, and I'm not trying to negate that or push that to the side, but true ministry is going after people. It's not just being a part of something where other Christians are a part of. It's actually trying to bring people in what you are already a part of. Can you say amen? And this is what we see Jesus doing: him um, to minister to people, Amen. Uh, to give them the gospel, Matthew twenty-two and nine. Therefore, go into the highways, and as many as you find, invite to the wedding. So those servants went out into the highways and gathered together all whom they found, both bad and good. And the wedding hall was filled with guests. Amen. This is the call. Can you say Amen? To go out into everywhere. Amen. Whether it's up. Uptown, Midtown, or Downtown Newport News and go after people. To give them Jesus, amen. To give them the gospel. That's what we're here to do. Hebrews uh, 13 and 2. Do not forget to entertain strangers, for by uh, so doing, some have unwittingly entertained angels. I'm still trying to figure that out. Still trying to figure that one out. Remember the prisoners as if they have chained with them those who are mistreated since you yourselves are also in the body. But listen to what he says. Entertain people who you don't know. In other words, you don't know who you are ministering to. You don't know who you're giving yourself over to, amen, but you're giving them the gospel. This is our position. This is our point as a church. Listen to me. Sometimes we can get so comfortable amen, because we have a certain amount of people in church that we forget we have more outside of church than in. And we get fooled, amen, by the fact that, hey, we'll have a hundred something people in here. But there's thousands that are not in here. And the gospel has called for us, amen, to go out and pour out into other people what you have learned. Listen to me carefully, folks. What you are learning, what God is doing in your life is not just for you. But you are called a vessel. And if we know anything, if nothing else about a vessel, a vessel always pours out it always has a way of giving itself over amen and this is what you and I are called to do great that you're in church hallelujah in ministry thank you for being a part to, but listen to me you can't hold everything you have to pull out to somebody someone and not someone who's already saved all the time what you will see in the life of Jesus is always an outside and new Outside and new. What I mean by that is that Jesus would go speak to them, and if they didn't want it, he moved on to the next. But he was always outside marketplaces. Amen. He was always where people were. Can you say Amen? Too often, listen to me, and and please understand what I'm about to say here. But too often, Amen. We 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 stay with the same people and think we're ministering. We stay with the same people and think we're ministering. You know, it's been 30 years. I'm ministering. Listen to me, folks. Now, look, everybody's different, and I understand that, but there are some people, amen, who are literally just taking you away from somebody else. They don't really want the gospel. They don't want truth. They like having discussion. They like the fact that you come over, but they don't want what you're trying to give them. And you're going to have to ask God, and you're going to have to have discernment on what type of people you're dealing with because if not, you will spend 30 years on one when you could have been witnessing to 30 others. And who knows what they would have become. Who knows what God would have done in their lives. Can you say amen? You understand what I'm saying here? But we see this Jesus going to the next, going outside, going to the next one. Matthew 10 and 14. And whoever will not receive your words or hear your words, when you depart from that house of city, shake off the dust from your feet. As surely I say to you, it will be more tolerable for the land of Sodom and Gomorrah in the day of judgment than for that city. Outside. Both individually as well as collectively, we must be outside. We must always be thinking about the next person. Listen to me. I am so glad that all of you are here. I am so glad that most of you are saved. Look, look you're like, yeah, you know, on most days. <laughs> and, I'm, and I'm glad. And listen to me. I, please don't misunderstand me this evening. But what I'm saying is, you know what? There's always the next person. There's always that one more, can you say amen? There's always that next one, amen. There's always that other complex. There's always those other housing projects. There's always that next city, amen. And we can't get comfortable here. We are called to pour out and not just pour out amongst each other, which we should do, but we have to pour out amongst new people. Can I ask you a question? Who are you dealing with that's new? Like, just think about that for a minute. Somebody who's considered a new convert. Somebody who uh, came into the church a month ago. Somebody who not Who are you dealing with? Who are you pouring out to? This is what we're called to do. Can you say amen? Both collectively as a church, but individually. You're called to pour into somebody else. You're called to help somebody else. Serve God. I am called to help people serve God, not just get all of God so I can get nice and fat and watching these skinny, spiritually skinny people just die. I'm supposed to pour out into them. Not just on my terms either. See, you know what, folks? Let me, I got a minute. Okay, I'm going to take a minute to say this. You know, sometimes the problem with us is we want to do everything on our terms when I feel like it, when I get time when my kids aren't crying and I was thinking about this I was like you know what I remember being in a building project and not coming home to the next day like literally leaving work coming home changing going to the church being at the church working go to sleep for an hour wake up at the church pray and then go to work And it was to the point that my wife called and said, is everything okay? Because it was like four of us didn't come home. Now, again, I'm not saying that that proves spirituality. But what I am saying is, is there a willingness to do what needs to be done when it's not on your terms and it's not comfortable for you? Because I can guarantee you, witnessing is not going to always be comfortable and on your terms. Okay, okay, I'm back, I'm back. We must continue to reach new people. We must help the ones coming in, pour into them, but also go out and pour into others that are, that are new, that are not here. Can you say amen? But if we're going to pour into people, if, we're going to, if, that's, the, if that's the transaction that should be happening, if we are to take what God has given us and, and pour it into somebody else and help them and disciple them, then there's another transaction that must take place. And that is, if we are going to pour out, we have to draw from something. In other words, if you are going to pour into somebody and empty yourself out, then you must be drawing for something to get refilled. We read this in verse 16. So he himself often withdrew into the wilderness and prayed. With all this serving Jesus is doing, We see Jesus going into a place where he would seek the Father. Key word here is often. More than once. Amen. Jesus shows that that we must find, if you will, our wilderness. In other words, not our place of confusion, but a place, amen, where we go and we glean off the things of God. We read our Bibles. We pray. We seek the good things of the gospel. Can you say amen? A place where we get ministered to through the Spirit of God. Where we can find and have communion with our God. It is the filling up of our souls. In order to give, you have to receive. If you are going to give somebody Jesus, how I many know you must be filled with Jesus? And as you give all that, you keep getting filled. Amen. How can you pour if you don't have? Romans 5 and 5. Now hope does not disappoint because the love of God has been poured in our hearts by the Holy Spirit who was given to us. Thank God. Amen. That the Holy Ghost is, if you will, is part, amen, in the Trinity is to be our pipeline. It is from heaven, amen, to begin to pour into us the things happening, the things that God is doing, the things that Jesus wants to quicken to our souls, the things that God wants to put in us, that the Holy Ghost is that pipeline that does that. And as that pipeline fills us, we then begin to pour out into others. Can you say amen? See, it is imperative for many reasons, but one, amen, is that we are vessels that are leaky. We constantly need refilling just without dealing with anybody. Just on our own, amen, how many know we need constant refilling and constant communion. So can you imagine when you're pouring out into other people? Remember, Jesus is warring against that flesh when he's praying. And in that war, Things and temptations will try to get us not, amen, to commune. Can you say amen? Isn't it funny that you want to play with your children when you start praying? You ever notice that? You didn't yell at them all the way in the car here. You didn't smack, I mean, whatever. You didn't whoop them. To, oh, you don't want to deal with them. You get to the prayer room. Hey, what are you doing? You just stop it. All of a sudden, you ain't checked your phone all day. Prayer time. I just got to make sure. Because there are things that are trying to distract us from being filled. What Jesus shows here is that there has to be a dependency that can only come from, we have to depend on God to fill us. Through preaching, can you say amen? Through fellowship, amen? Through the things of God. Power came from God himself. Can you say amen? A couple of things I want to share with you. One is that Jesus didn't withdraw from the crowd because of the crowd. It wasn't that he was tired of the people. But he realized, amen, that I cannot do for you without the Father. I'm in the flesh, and I need all of God I can if I'm going to minister, amen. I need to seek God's face. Let me tell you something. That should be our attitude. We don't get away from ministry because of pressure. Hello? Oh, that's a soft spot, huh? Okay, well, let's stay there then. Like, you don't get out of ministry because you've got some pressure going on. Or you don't withdraw from things. people. I got this going on, so I have to withdraw. No, 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 no. Jesus was not withdrawing because of the people. He was not withdrawing them because he was getting tired of the people. He was withdrawing, amen, to a place where he could get refilled so he could go back out and minister. That's why you have to find your closet if you will you have to find that place where you get time alone with God amen because God is not calling us to get out of ministry he's calling us to get in it and if we're going to continue in it then you're going to have to be filled outside of it so you can continue to pour into it the other thing we see here is that Jesus never compromised one or the other in other words, he never compromised ministry for post- personal devotion, and he never compromised daily devotion for ministry. See, it amazes me, amen, that we'll compromise it. Well, I'm going to get out of ministry so I can become more spiritual. If, if you can show me that biblically. Or we'll be in ministry, but then we don't have the personal devotion. And we'll say, well, I can't pray, Pastor, because I'm in ministry. You can't pray because you are being spiritual, but then you can't be spiritual because you can't pray. I mean, that's a problem. In other words, you're going to have to learn how to find balance. You're going to have to learn, amen, how to stay up late and get up early. (laughs) <laughs> oh, see, see, this is where we don't like stuff. But they don't like it, Pastor. They don't like hearing what? Well, I got to get what? Get up early to pr- what? Yeah, Even you need me stay up a little later. Yeah. How come everybody else can do it, and you don't have to? How come everybody else has to, but you don't? <laughs> I love y'all, man. Don't worry about it. But it's the truth. And we think we have to compromise one or the other to be effective. No, you can find balance. You just have to find it. And let me add this in for free. You, then you got to be disciplined with it. You know, if you had a good week. Well, let's shoot for a good year. hey man I've been having a good day go for another one I mean we we, we, we we pat ourselves on the back way too quickly and then we get comfortable and then we're right back into the ruts we were in prior. See, Jesus teach, is teaching us. He made time for both. I can minister, and I'm going to go into my place and pray. I'm going to be able to pull out to you and have fellowships, but even in the midst of that, I'm going to still be able to read my Bible, and I'm still going to be able to be godly and have personal devotion time. I'm going to have you over until 1 o'clock in the morning, but I'm still going to get up at 5 o'clock to pray. If you say, man, I can't do that, well, kick them out at 11. But tonight, what I'm trying to get you to understand is that too often, listen, we want to quit because it's getting tiresome and it's getting rough and the burden. And listen to me. What if, what a pastor said? Yeah, listen, folks. Look, love you guys. It's been a great year. I will see you guys in March. I have been ministering this whole year, and I'm tired. And so I'm gonna go. All right. You know, Pastor Brooks and others are going to help you guys out. I got to go. You were look at it and go, till March? <laughs> I don't know. What are we going to do? I'd be like, Pastor, what are we going to do? We can't, I can't. I can't leave till March. I mean, i give you February, March. We would have a problem with that. So how come you don't have a problem with you when you do something like that? You have to find balance. I have to find balance, folks. Not only do I have to, you know, study to write sermons, but I got to do personal study just for me. And I got to find a balance there. If I don't, then I'm just studying to preach sermons. That's a problem. And if I just study for me, then I ain't preaching nothing. That's a problem. So what do I have to do? I have to find balance. Even when it comes to me raising my kids, me being a father, me being a husband, I just have, it's not quitting, it's just finding balance. Too often we want to get out because we got problems. No, no, you stay in and find the balance between your ministry and your personal devotion time. Find balance. See, Jesus made time for both. In Matthew 9, 38, Therefore pray, the Lord of the harvest send out laborers into his harvest. pray. That's personal. People going out. Ministry. And sometimes God is saying, the very thing that you're praying about Maybe the very thing I want you to do. You ever thought about that? Say, God bringing people. Oh, God bringing rever- God bringing souls. And God's like, you, you know what? I totally agree. I am such agreeance with you right now on that. Because I want you to do it. God if we can start a prison ministry, Lord, oh, if you would raise up a man to God and God's like, you are, you know what? you' right. I want you to do it. Maybe sometimes the things you are praying about is the things that God's saying, that's exactly why I put it in there. I want you to do it. Oh God, sisters such, brothers so, they need help, God, they need assistance, God. Oh, God, help the nursery workers. God's like, you can. (laughs) You absolutely. Oh, God, help the brethren. Help them when they set things up. Don't compromise either. Don't compromise your devotion time, your personal time, and don't compromise your ministry find balance that you can be effective because you're going to have to draw from somewhere to pour into something see ministry should never take away from your personal salvation did you hear what I said like ministry should not take away from if ministry if you feel ministry is taking away from your personal salvation you're doing something wrong the problem is not the ministry the problem is you and me The problem is us. Can you say amen? There's something out of whack. There's something not in balance. There's something happening. Matthew 6 and 6. But but you, when you pray, go into your room. And when you have shut the door, pray to your Father who is in the secret place. And your Father who sees in secret will reward you openly. What you do in your closets will be rewarded in the open. Can you say Amen. That when you find that personal time, amen, listen to me, your ministry is going to flourish, not because of necessarily who you are and your great ideas, but it will begin to flourish because of your personal time. See, I'm a firm believer, amen, that personal time, amen, begins to reflect what's happening in our lives, in our ministry. It's what you do in the personal time, when nobody sees it, when nobody can hear you, when nobody sees you praying in the prayer room. It is in those times, amen, that God says, when you do that, when you go to your personal spaces and you are devoted, amen, I'm going to reward that openly. Matthew 6 and 18, so that you do not appear to be fasting, amen, but to your Father who is in a secret place, and your Father who sees in secret will reward you, openly again we have personal playing out into the outward listen to me folks this is a pattern of the Bible the inward secret things playing out outwardly let me close the idea here is not to neglect public ministry and private devotion. But we are to do both, and to excel in private, so that we can see success, if you will, in the public. So that we can see people healed and broken, come become restored and healed, Amen. That we can see that because of what we're doing in the uh, in the secret. In other words. As we are drawing from God and drawing from Christ in the secret, we are then able to transfer that and pour it into someone else and and begin from there to begin to see a fruitfulness that possibly you haven't seen before. Could it be, church, that the reason, maybe one reason, I understand demonic attacks, I understand strategies of hell, I understand that there are points where we have to break through, I get all that, but could it be, amen, that the reason why we're not seeing a fruitfulness from our own personal lives is because we're not drawing or we are drawing but we're not pouring out you're called to reach somebody you are called to go after people. Listen to me. We are called to go after people unsaved. This is why God established the church, uh, for his believers to gather and worship him and for his believers to gather other men and women so that they would worship him. You're called to pour out. And my question to you tonight, church, who are you pouring out into? Who? 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 Who is getting what you are? Church, the gospel is not easy and cheap. But it is the farmer digging and planting continuous work in order to see fruit. Listen to me, folks. You aren't easy to work with. Trust me, I know some of y'all. And I've heard stories about others. You were not easy to work with. It wasn't like you know you can't. see we you know we, we have amnesia, don't we? we? I was reading an article that scientists are are speculating and theorizing that what you remember is actually what you remember right then and there. So in other words, when you have a memory from ten years ago, you're actually just remembering the last time you remembered it. You follow what I'm saying? That you're not remembering from ten, you're remembering from the last time you told it. That's why they say stories change over time. You know, it was, at first it was, you know, you were a high school standout. Then it was you were a high school all-star. Then it was, you know, you could have got a D1 scholarship. Then it was you played in the NBA but broke your leg. And then it was you wanted, they wanted you to be a coach. And, and before you know by the time you're 60, it was, you know, you, you were just in everything and they always wanted you, but you just kept saying no. You follow what I'm saying that that, and this is what they're theorizing. And I'm, you know, what we do that sometimes, don't we? Because of the last time we think about when we weren't saved, all oh, it changes. You know, I came into the church. You know, I was bad, but I wasn't like, you know, I, I, I mean, I wasn't sin. Don't get me wrong. You know, I was, I wasn't that messed up though. I mean, I had some sense. and I, no, you didn't. No, no, you didn't. Trust me, something. No, you didn't. Some of y'all are like, no, I had comment. No, you didn't. No, you didn't. Some of y'all, I know you did I wish, I wish one of y'all would say, if I know you, like, yeah, I didn't know you didn't. I was there. <laughs> And we forget, don't we? And we think that we were so easy to work with and that it was such a joy and a pleasure and that everybody wanted us over and everybody wanted to follow up on us because we were just so simple. You just told us how hey, you need to pray and by the way we were in the prayer room. There was a, you need to tithe. And we were, no, that wasn't you. It was me, but it wasn't you. It wasn't you. So why do you expect it from other people? Why do we expect other people to be so easy to work with? Why do we expect them just to come into one church service, or hear one sermon on one hour, and all of a sudden now they're supposed to be a prophet and a priest and, and, and a Levite and everything else. I mean, Hebrew scholar. and Why do we expect that? No, you pour into these men and women. Can you say amen? Ladies, listen, listen, ladies, you know, you can help another lady. I don't know if anybody's told you that. I don't know. You know, I'm, you know just whispers. You can help another lady. Well, I, don't, I can't relate. How do you know? The gospel relates you. Jesus relates us. Can you say, ladies, you can help another lady. Fellas, help somebody. You see them come to church, be a part of their life. Pour into them. Thank God that somebody poured into us. Can you say amen? Thank God that we had people that were willing just to pour into us. And even when we didn't want to hear it, and even when we didn't like it, Trust me, there were things that were said to you. I didn't like it. I remember this one time, Pastor T. I uh, I must have been saved only probably a couple of years, and I had, and it was my fault. It was my fault. I had threw a container. It was like you know Wendy's cup or something, and I threw it into the trash can with no bag. Same so thing. <laughs> <laughs> so he brings the trash container. <laughs> Who did this? And then prior, I did it. What's up? <laughs> you, know, you know, you're prideful. What was that? Was you, what? Because for sure I'm not about to put my hand in there and get it out. And so he like, this is lazy. Stinking lazy! Get a bed, ba- and I'm like, what? This is lazy, man. You call yourself a disciple? You want to be a disciple? This is what you do? What am I say? It's true. It was lazy. I don't have to like it. The is, it true? When you pour into people, they don't. Always, they're not going to always like you. Charles, I know some of you don't like me. It's okay. (laughs) Look, everybody. But the head down, Pastor, you know, he always got something to say about something. Well, but (laughs) I know some of you don't like, Pastor. It's okay. We know. We still love you, though. But the thing is, we are trying to pour into you. And you're not going to always like it. People aren't going to like it. It's not going to always be comfortable, but it's what they need. Can you say amen? We are called to pour into people and give them Jesus so that they can be transformed. Thank God he told me about the trash can years and years ago. And thank God that he told me about other things years and years ago and other men who poured into me because I wouldn't be where I am now. Do you see the importance of that? What if you could be pouring into the next preacher what if you could be pouring into the next missionary couple what if you could be pouring into the next whatever the next leader of this and the next overseer of that and 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 the next band member you have no idea until we start pouring can you say amen You have the ability to pour into others. And I encourage you, church, listen to me. Pour into somebody's life. But you first, Before you're going to have to start drawing. You're going to have to start reestablishing your personal relationship with God. You're going to have to reestablish that foundation so that as you draw and as you build, others can stand on that foundation until they build their own. I want to make a statement to you, then we're going to close. It's not necessarily that we need more people in ministry. We need more people seeking God as they minister. It's not that we just need a whole bunch more ministries, necessarily. What we need is just more people seeking God as they minister. And once we have that, listen to me, we'll see revival. Once we have that, listen to me, you'll see purpose. Once you have that, listen to me, life changes when you deal with someone else. I'm telling you. I'm going to say it and keep saying it. Everybody who I see die off away from Christ, one common denominator among all of them, they stop dealing with people. They begin to isolate. they They stop pouring out. They start heading out the door. Tonight, church, draw, but only not draw. Start pouring into somebody else. Can you say amen? Start pouring into someone else. All these people we have, people that are coming into the church, people who you don't know their names and you don't know who they are, are you trying to pour into them? Are you trying to be that example to them tonight? And I encourage you, listen to me. Enough with the excuses, man. We have a city to see saved. Can you say amen? amen? And not only do we have a city to see saved, we have a nation to see saved. We have countries. We have various things. And I encourage you tonight, church, let's pour into other people. Let's bow our heads before the Lord.